Welcome to Do You Like Scary Movies? Where we examine all things horrific. Each episode features interviews with those involved in all aspects of horror and the bizarre. Do you like creepy movies, scary books, or horror music? Join us for a look into all of the things that go bump in the night and bring a chill to your spine. Prepare to be scared. Welcome to the first podcast. This is Brian. Uh, I'm the uh, Rocky Mountain Paranormal guy and now the Do You Like Scary Movies guy. Um, our first podcast is starting right now. We have a new old friend guest that's coming on, uh, Joe Netter. And uh, before we go to him, let me introduce you to my co-host. Uh, that would be Bob. Hello, I'm Bob Lewis, also of Rocky Mountain Paranormal recently. Also a writer, magician, sometimes scholar, weird guy, and curious fellow about all sorts of weird and interesting things. Which is what makes it so much fun. Especially if I start drinking. Well, ditto, as they say. Okay, well, let's talk to Joe. So, with uh, all of that being said, uh, would you like to introduce yourself so people know who we're talking to? Well, I'm, uh, I'm Joe Netter. I am a writer, uh, starting in fiction, uh, with books like Twisted Loneliness and uh, Zombie Bukaki, um, and have over years gravitated towards uh, filmmaking, uh, which is really what I'm passionate about now, because, uh, well, there's more money. Not that money's <laughs> the only thing that matters, but uh, um, there's something cool about you know writing something and, and seeing it brought to, get brought to life. That's, that's really amazing, so... Um, Yes. You know, I should know this, but uh, speaking about that, what was your first writing that actually came to a, uh, a film ending? The first thing that ever was filmed? Yeah. Uh, that was a short in Minnesota uh, made by Jason Stevenson, um, who you'll remember from our uh, old Colorado days. Oh, yeah, uh, I remember Jason. In fact, I just uh, acquired a new, uh, an old film from him. So. Okay, very cool. Which one? Uh your favorite slasher film. Okay. Think, think about it. It's got slasher <laughs> in the title. Okay. Strip club slasher. That's it. <laughs> Hopefully you got one that, that doesn't have the sound off by 20 minutes. Cause... No, it's good. Okay. I, I don't know. When the, I, sound when I bought... by, the sound off by 20 minutes could be an interesting viewing experience. It, it is. It's, it's interesting because it got put back out on Blu-ray with like two other movies and... I watched it just to watch it, and about 20 minutes in, it restarts to the back of the, the beginning of the movie. The audio does. Wow. And, yeah. uh, and the, the movie opened with, like, four random trailers, so then you hear the trailer sounds. And, <laughs> uh, it was uh, – I love Jason, though. Jason was – those movies were fun. Um, and the first one was uh, Pajama Party Massacre, and uh, that was wonderful, too, because it's where I met Sarah. That's how I, I met Sarah. Um, the movie itself is what it is, but uh, <laughs> we had fun with it. You know, I, I like those days of just being indie guys. We're just trying to do something to have fun. Um, and, uh, you know, they are what they are. Well, I think there's less stress on you too, because you can make it when you want, how you want. And there's no, no deadlines, no, yeah, no, no people behind it going, you have to do it this way. 
No, you get to do what you want. Um, with that being said, you know, financially the money's tough. So, and uh, the talent sometimes is a little tough. Um, you know, I certainly am a much better writer than I was then. And uh, I'm still a terrible actor. So the, the fact that I acted in that movie was, uh, was crazy. I mean, I can kill people. I'm good at being an asshole or a pervert or, or something. But don't give me dialogue to try to say because I'm just going to butcher it. And, uh, um, butcher it like and with the people in the film? Absolutely. You know, maybe even better than, than the, the butchering in the film. Though I did get a cut Sarah's head off, which was wonderful. Um, well, I, I think a lot of people have been able to do that, haven't they? Uh, her head cut off, I'm not sure. There's been a lot of people that killed her. Um, and I've killed her since. We've kind of traded. We keep track of who's killed each other the most. <laughs> so who's and, um I am, and I've now retired from being in movies with her for that reason. <laughs> Go we, out. Top, yeah. We we were tied, and then a movie called My Uncle John is a Zombie, which John movie. Russo made. Um, in that movie, initially, she shoots and kills me, and they re-edited it so you can't tell who kills me, so she lost that point because she can't <laughs> prove it. So that went from tied to be, being ahead by one, so that was effectively I was done, because we were tied. Because um, the last movie we did with a kill was Hanukkah. I killed her in the movie Hanukkah. Um, so that's the swan song. I can never do another. And I, I stick to that. When I was married, my ex-wife loved the video game Pac-Man. She played it all the time. She was great at it. I sucked at it. And we'd compete all the time. And over the years, she always beat me, except for one time I beat her. And I vowed I'll never play that game with you again. And I never <laughs> did. I never did. I went out with the win, at least. That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I actually just watched uh, the... The John Zombie movie not too long ago. Yeah. That is, well, I mean, the talent in it is just amazing, too. And anything with John yeah. is fun. John's great. Um, you know, it was an ambitious script, you know, because I, I script supervised that and then got roped into playing a role because they needed something. But my one requirement was no dialogue. <laughs> I will I will burp and I will fart and drink beer. And, uh, and he agreed. On cue. That was fun just because it's John Russo. We shot at the cemetery, um, you know. The movie is, is what it is. It's it's fun. Was that shot at it's, Evan City? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't realize well, that. Well, around the Pittsburgh area, but the cemetery itself is, is Evan City. Oh, wow. Uh, which was cool. And John's just such a fun guy. Yeah, he's... He's one of the only people over the years because... I mean, I used to party at the conventions a lot. I'm sure you remember. I'd walk around with my... My 1.75 of Captain Morgan, and uh, um, I actually got kicked out of the bar in Colorado at Starfest for bringing it right up to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't bring that up here. I said, oh, yeah, you're probably right. But he's one of the only people that could just go with me all night. He would drink all night and and uh, and just keep going, man. He's he's inspirational when it comes to that. Wow. That, that is inspiring. Yeah, it is, might, might have I don't. I don't. I don't drink much anymore. Now I'm, I'm just going to totally be at StokerCon uh, next weekend, so I'm I'm taking inspiration from your stories. Okay, do a little, do a little drink in that way. Very good. Well, StokerCon's all the writers, so there's uh, you know, there's going to be professional drinkers. Of, you mean a lot of drinking there? <laughs> <laughs> Not just writers, but horror writers, which mean yeah, horror professional writers. professional drinkers. Exactly. Which which means they're the the most fucked up people in the world and in regards to what they write but as people 
the majority are just super sweet, super yeah. cool, yeah. super down to earth. You know, I've um, had to tell people that that you know, dealing with people in the horror industry as long as I have, you can't get a nicer, friendlier group of people. You'd expect yeah. them. You know, it's like I did a horror convention last year, and the people running it, it was the first time they'd done it, and they were like, we were expecting them to like tear up the hotel and all of this, and they yeah. were way more respectful than any other convention we've ever ever worked with. Yeah. Any time I've seen issues at horror conventions, it's almost always if it's in a hotel and there happens to be a wedding there as well. <laughs> and it's the wedding party that, that causes issue and, um, you know, because they're looking at everybody like we're all a bunch of freaks and Which we weirdos. Are. And we are. But uh, but there's a difference between being a freak and a weirdo and being a, you know, a piece of shit asshole. That's right. true. Um, and, uh, I know. may be that too, but that, that, that doesn't uh, apply to most of the... But not the, tearing apart the, the hotel kind of a thing. No. No, no. Look, I've I've been at a convention where the the whole area lost power, and the whole hotel there was no power in the hotel for the whole night, and people just propped their doors open, and it was just a mellow party all night. People playing guitar, people having fun. Nothing crazy happened. Wow. Um, it was a pretty cool experience. I did see two women going down on each other in the the hallway, which was pretty cool. But, um, <laughs> but that's not there. Yeah, but it wasn't violent. You know, it was it was tasteful and, and romantic, and you know. <laughs> ended up in one of his books. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably. So, yeah. of of all the things that you've uh, you've done, what what have you done recently that that you would like people to know about? Oh man, um, well, I mean, I did a movie called Blind uh, that came out in twenty twenty. Um, that I'm super proud of. Uh, that was directed by Marcel Walls. Um, that's more of a a drama thriller than straight horror movie. Um, we did it as kind of our ode to a 70s slow burn, maybe made for TV type horror film. Uh, Sarah French plays the lead. She plays a blind woman, and she's fantastic. She won a bunch of awards for it. Um, I'm super proud of that one. We didn't get the best release here in the U.S. So a lot of people still don't know about it, but um, we're hoping to change that with because we, we shot a sequel as well called Pretty Boy, which we're hoping should come out later this year. Um, and we take the, the movie from a 70s slow burn drama thriller into an 80s slasher. So it's much more fun, um, a lot more gore, but still really fucked up. Sarah's great in it. Um, we made these movies. I mean, Blind was basically our Taco Tuesday group of friends. We'd hang out every week. Uh, with tacos and we just said hey maybe if we can find a project we'll all come together and make it and the director had a dream that he was shooting a movie in his house about a blind girl and somebody watching her um, and he told us about it and we wrapped the movie five weeks to the day later so we went from wow. a dream to wrapping um, and we sold that to I think 24 territories it won 25 awards at film festivals we were very happy with it um, and we're excited I was going to We're say, excited I'll be about honest pretty with pretty. you, that I've watched it, yeah. and it, I was I was very impressed. That is a, an amazing Thank film. Yeah. Like, likewise. I'm, I, I'm used to watching the, 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 how can I put this tastefully? I'm used to watching your slasher films, which I love, yes. but I saw this, and it's like, wow, yeah. that was that was leaps and bounds above the, the yeah. regular films that you're doing. 
I, I stopped working in films for a number of years. Uh, I did some ghostwriting, some polishing type stuff, but I wanted to just wait till I felt like I had people that could bring it to life the way I wanted it to be because my taste changed. You know, like I love the A24. I like the slow burn. Um, so that was our kind of attempt at that. I mean, we made blind all in. Everything was 25K. So there was no money for that movie. Um, and I'm proud of how it looks. And I'm super proud of the follow-up Pretty Boy because the Pretty Boy, because there's a little more budget, we can go a little more gory. We can have a little more fun with it. Um, yeah, so I think if you're if you're a fan of the old stuff and Blind, you'll probably really love Pretty Boy. I, I yeah, cannot I'm, wait. I'm looking forward to it because Blind is not particularly gory. It has horror no, elements, but it, yeah. like you said, it is more of that slow burn horror yeah. thriller. So I'm I'm interested to see what happens next when when there's more gore to be seen. Yeah, and, and we, you know, it's not like an, a bloodbath, but it's, we move in that direction, um, partially because we need that. Well, now with Blind, we knew we were making kind of an art house thing for film fests um, to hopefully establish kind of our look and feel and what we wanted to do as our, as Marcel and I, how we pair up and come together on these projects. We knew with Pretty Boy, the budget's a little more. Um, so it was time to bring a little more horror because the struggle with Blind has been, how do you market it? Because if you call it a, a horror slasher, it's not really that. Um, right. So you kind of set it up to be disappointed. And we certainly weren't expecting, like we got a, a nationwide costume deal with Trick or Treat Studios with the mask and costume. Um, we have a, a premium action figure coming. We didn't expect any of that. Nice. So what we have to do now is let's, we've established the character, people like it, let's make it horror now. Um, so we go all in, and, and I can't say the company putting that pretty boy out, but it's a much bigger company, so it should get a very, very nice release. And um, when about should we expect news on that front? We keep hearing different things. Like we had heard February for Valentine's Day, and then that passed. Um, now we're hearing maybe towards the end of the year, Halloween season. Okay. But we just don't get much updated info. Um we hope, we hope, because it would be perfect for that time of the year. It would. And, I, I will admit, and, uh, when I saw the mask pop up on sale, I, I almost bought it, and then I was like, "No, nah, I got to wait till I run across these guys again, so I can get it autographed." Because yeah, it just well, thank you. Right. I so, hadn't actually seen it, yeah. so I'm gonna have to get one too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the original mask was created by Ken Hall. He did oh, wow. uh, Puppet Master. He did the masks and the strangers, um, and because the time frame was so short. Like, he had to really just pull it out of his ass really fast. Because we were shooting two and a half weeks after having an idea. Well, and it did um, amazing. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's just amazing in itself, the uh, the time frame on that. I, I would have never guessed that that was no. done that quickly. Yeah, and, and on no money. I know 25000 sounds like a lot when you're talking some of the, the no-budget indie stuff, but twenty-five is that's not that nothing. Much. That's nothing. Um, that's a lot for me. That's yeah. not a lot for a movie. That's like a Roger yeah. Corman frame, time frame, too. Yeah. It's like, get in and it, rip it out. And we were lucky. Our, our DP was fantastic. Um, like, because we had no crew. He shot it. He lit it. He dumped the footage. He did everything. Wow. And we, the good thing was writing it. I could write it quick because we put our friends in it. And we shot it at the director's house. So I could quickly write around the house. Um and we just knew with the budget and time frame, it can't be gory. It's just got to be a, a character piece. And I really wanted to give Sarah that that opportunity because 
like me, a lot of people remember the old stuff. So they remember Sarah as she's the blood and guts girl, maybe topless, screaming, running. Um, and she's really worked hard at, at building her career to the point where she can carry a, a more dramatic piece. Yeah, she did um, amazing and, in it. Yeah, She's fantastic in it. And she's fantastic in Pretty Boy. I look forward to seeing what you guys think about that one because it's that's kind of her love letter to 80s horror in our own way. Um, and that's my decade for horror, so I'm, I can't yeah. wait to see it. Uh, Me too. That's I, I love the eighties. I, I will say I'm biased though, because anything these guys touch, I like. So, okay. Well, then, since we met at a sci-fi horror con, we also have a sci-fi movie. Um, we shot called uh, Space Hunters, um, and it stars Michael Perret. Uh It's it's a space opera. It's a throwback to the oh. like a Star Crash, Battle Beyond the Stars uh, type thing. Gar uh, Gatto. Setien directed that. He did Automation, which Sarah was in. Um, so we're super excited about that because that was fun to do kind of a a space adventure. Because most of the indie people, when they do sci-fi, it's it's an alien or it's a, you know, the world ending or Mercs. This was a true-to-form space opera um, with uh, Sarah's great in that. She plays a badass. I have to mention Jed Rowan, who played our killer in Pretty Boy. You've met Jed at the Yep. the festival and uh he plays a great role in the space adventure so we're super proud of that one as well um and beyond that you know we're pitching all over it looks like we're going to start production on another movie um in june which is a a slasher film um but in a different way more of like uh you know more giallo style oh um, cool interesting we need more of that yeah not, not a lot of people are doing that these days no no. Well, the goal is with everything we do, as the writer, I like to push all my friends to, to break out and try something a little different because they're talented and I know they can do it. Like, I knew Sarah would kill this role as the blind woman. Um, and I'll let her, when she comes on your show, she'll explain her process and all that. But I was just so proud to to see her grow um, and, uh, you know, just to see people put something together and, and put their heart and soul in it and and it'd be friends, man, because it's tough to work in the industry with friends. It's really hard because so much goes south. So there's so many egos, so much butt hurt. And LA in particular is a you're probably realizing now the reason I write monologues in movies is because I talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll talk for 45 minutes straight. But LA is it's the biggest city, but it, it can be very lonely here because it's hard to have real friends in this city because everybody's industry related. You know, back home, you throw a backyard barbecue, all your friends are going to show up. Here, you'll get maybe 10% overall will maybe go if nothing cooler happens. Um, <laughs> so finding real friends has been amazing, which we've had with Jed and Marcel and Dominic, my friend Rob. Um, you know, because it it's, been, it's been a tough time to, to, to do anything the last couple of years. Um, no kidding. It's just been a clusterfuck. Well, and it's been interesting watching what people have been able to pull off for the past couple yeah. of years. The With the limitations and things like that, there have been some very unique yeah. plot lines come out just because they're limited to what they could do. Yeah. And sometimes that's that's beautiful because you just have to do that. You have to think outside the box, and you can find greatness in that. Yeah, it's it's been really interesting just to see the the weird ass projects that have come out 
the um, host, that movie host, that was yeah. shot over Zoom. All Zoom movie. Yeah. And, yeah. and the things that some people are doing on, on their YouTube channels these days and all of these kinds yeah. of things that all just came out of this, as you said, clusterfuck of the last couple of years. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've been excited to see it. I haven't watched a lot of the stuff that is COVID-related. Um, I'm, I'm of the, the belief that, I, you know, we're all struggling through this. I certainly don't want to watch it in the art I watch. Maybe in 10 years I'll reflect back on the COVID movies that are coming out. Um, but, you know, like hosts, that stuff's been great. Um, certainly, you know, we shot Pretty Boy in the heart of COVID, and it was tough to do it safely. There's so many rules that have to change because the worst thing you can ever do is have somebody get sick and something happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just ruins everything. And, you know, especially when, you know, for, for us that work in the industry, you, it's, we get a play for a living. And that's ridiculous. That's the stupidest thing in the world. <laughs> like I used, to, I used to run Arby's restaurants. And that was hard work. That was hard work. This is hard work too, but it's, it's just different you know, getting to exist in this world. So yeah, as a, as the wise man said, he who loves what he does never works another day. That's true. Yeah. Which is almost complete bullshit because that. we all work our asses off, but, <laughs> sure. but at least it's fun work in a different way. Yeah. No. And it's, it's certainly nice to have that, that constant paycheck. I see, I picked it up to take a drink and I start talking. I realized I would hold this without a drink for about 45 minutes. So I'm going to take <laughs> one real quick. And, uh, you know, it is, you know, this the tough thing about this industry is you could have a great movie, make a little bit of money, and then go months where you're like, all right, the bank account's dwindling. What the fuck are we going to do? Um, but, you know, I, I wouldn't change it. We're getting to do crazy shit that, as people coming from small town Minnesota, we never would have thought. Well, so we, we never forget that. Some of the people that you've been able to work with, too, I mean... That's kind of living the dream where I don't think in any other industry, even in any other type of film that, you know, it, you just don't get to, to work with the big names, the the people yeah. that you're a fan of. Yeah. It's it's crazy, especially as horror fans loving the, the genre years we liked, because a lot of those actors are available. And, you know, maybe the mainstream doesn't look at them the same as we do. But for me, it's holy shit that I watched that person growing up. That person meant something to me at a certain time. And the catch 22, of course, is meeting some of them and having it ruin, <laughs> you know, ruin it all for you. And that happens sometimes. But, you know, it's it's cr like for me, moving out of horror, I love I love the movie Streets of Fire right. and Michael Parade's great in that. So to get to work with him now was amazing. Um Robert Russler was in Pretty Boy, and you know I, I love Weird Science. I love Nightmare on Elm Street too. Um, so that was that was beautiful, and uh, it's just it's all it's all crazy. And I what I was hoping over the COVID period is it would cause everybody to be a little more reflective of of how lucky life really is with people and getting the opportunity to do things and conventions going back to being fun. And not just about money, and and because it did over the years turn into something that wasn't quite as fun. Um, maybe not the Colorado one because I didn't do that for a number of years, but the ones across the country, it just shifted into. Well, let's be honest, Walking Dead ruined everything. <laughs> That's um, true. Because then these extras were charging fifty bucks an autograph, and and it just it ruined everything. But 
Um, you know, it's just, I was hoping this would lead us in a way to connect more. Um, and I, I assume you probably thought I was just going to talk about, you know, cocks and pussies and, and, uh, <laughs> but these are the, the, the moments I've, I've taken to kind of grow over time and, uh, realize that it's also a, a point in time where jokes can get you in trouble. So <laughs> that's true too. You have, you have to be careful though. I don't expect anybody's going to run in here and slap me or tackle me, but maybe Frenchie. Yeah, she will <laughs> maybe Frenchie. later. Yeah. Now it is interesting. So how are you guys been doing? Well, like, you, let's, let's talk about you guys. Uh, let's see. Uh, podcasts started up. Uh, we tried to push this out about three years ago and it, uh, it, it got, squashed because of a virus so yeah. here we go again uh, yeah. the paranormal has officially regrouped you've met uh, new guy bob yo so new guy bob that's starting off and okay. i'm working on another podcast as well as that so we're cool. we're kind of going crazy and doing all of the paranormal lectures and Anything entertaining that we can, you know, go out, stand in front of a crowd, and make a moron out of ourselves. Awesome. We'll, we'll do that. Making really a cool. moron of myself is my specialty. Exactly. Yeah. So, and, and getting to be in front of people is going to be great. Well, you I know, mean, it's really weird because I hadn't, I hadn't been in front of a crowd in, like I say, almost three years. And last yeah. September there was a horror convention in town, and I got to do a, a handful of talks at it, and. It was kind of terrifying to get back up in front of the crowd to start with, but then afterwards, yeah. it's like, wow, I really missed that. I've got to go do this more because it, it's just in your system after a while. Yeah. So. Well, we're people. We need connection. And we're lucky that we live in a time where we have this. Exactly. Like I could stay in touch with my family through video, which is crazy when you think about it, because we grew up in a time where this was all Star Trek type stuff to be able to communicate and then just one day it was here but it never seemed like a big deal it just seemed to go from regular calls to video calls and it is what it is exactly um, you know but uh you know something that you were mentioning that i i can relate with you were talking about how people in the especially the horror world the mainstream may not know who they are but there's the fans yeah. i was being yeah. asked not long ago about guests for a horror convention and it's like, you know, if you had your choice of all these people, who would you pick? And I'm like, all of them. Yeah. And I'm like, now, do you want to know who would be a draw to average Joe Public that watches a scary movie once in a while? Or some nerd like me that just loves everything horror and can't get enough of it? Yeah. So you've really got to watch out. It's like, okay, these guys are going to be the ones that draw in the people. But yeah, yeah there's just everybody involved. And it's not yeah. just the stars; it's the the writers and the directors and just everybody. The caterers. It, well, especially the caterers. I'm a fat guy, so. <laughs> the yeah. <laughs> the, but, ca the caterers are are important. That's the one thing on set people always joke about. But man, you got to have okay food, or people yeah, start getting weird and crazy and and. Uh, um, I was talking to a uh, a guy about low budget or no budget filmmaking. He said. You know, he, I was able to make this movie on a two thousand dollar budget. Fifteen hundred was for the catering because we're yeah. not having a bunch of people running around with prop weapons if they haven't eaten. Yeah, it's 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 the worst because energy levels go. People, I mean, the least you can do is is feed people. 
um, and the, the food's important. And, and I think what you're saying is important because for us, somebody killed in the, the opening of a Friday the 13th movie is important. That's yeah. important to me. It That's is. my favorite series because Friday the 13th is my favorite series. So that would be my dream project is to do a Friday the 13th movie. But those people matter to me. And, and what people don't realize is most of those people, you know, they have real jobs. They have regular jobs. I should say not real. Exactly. And this is a whole new thing for them. And giving them the love is amazing because most of them did these movies and then moved on. Um, and uh, I still geek out all the time. Well, and it's yeah, really nice seeing a lot of actors coming back. You know, it's like they did yeah. something back in the 80s and it's kind of become a cult classic. And now they're getting callbacks into to lower budget horror yeah. films because people yeah. realize, you know, they they had some talent. They were a name. They yeah. they can do something that will, you know, make them a little yeah. more famous than they are. And it, it gives them a kind of a second life to the industry, which is it is a tough industry. Um, and I'm happy conventions too for them because so many of the actors, that's where they make a lot of their money to survive. And that went away for so long that, you know, things were difficult for a lot of people. So, um, indie film certainly helps, you know, you, you got a person like, I mean, Felissa Rose, she's doing movies all the time. Oh yeah. Like, because she got, she got a reboot with, with, uh, you know, that, especially in Victor Crowley, uh, cause she was great in that role. And, uh, that's kind of rebooted her and and i think what's happening is it's our generation are now making the stuff and we're remembering what we loved and we're trying to bring them in um and i love that i geek out all the time something else that you were mentioning was the uh the way that the conventions used to be and i've tried to explain that to people if you go to a convention now you have to plan out, okay, well, I want to go get X person's autograph. So mm-hmm. I'm going to spend 100 bucks to get in the door, 100 bucks for their signature, and spend two-thirds of my time standing in a line so I can walk up to yeah. them and I'd probably not even passively talk to them. It's just like, here you go, thanks, yeah. bye. And it It's used- a quick in and out. Yeah, Although, and- I'll tell you what, mm-hmm. I've got a story along those lines. When I was at the, uh, the Denver Comic Con, when it was still Denver Comic Con, before it became Fan Expo or whatever yeah. it is now, I was doing that uh, to meet Adam West. Not a horror person per se, but I wanted to meet Adam West. So I said, okay, I'm going to set aside half a day. I'm going to stand in his line. So I'm standing in his line, and after half an hour, I feel a tap on my shoulder, and I turn around, and somebody says, what's this line for? And there's Adam West standing in his own line, (laughs) tapping me on the shoulder. (laughs) So some of the guys still remember what it was like and that that you actually get to interact with people. Well, and I've related to people, you know, going to the horror conventions especially, you get to sit down and talk to these people that you only know from films, and now it's like, you know, I kind of know this person. Yeah. You're flipping through and watching a movie, and it's like, hey, I got to hang out with that person for a half hour and just talk to them. Because you could could shoot the shit with them, and it wasn't so much of a next. Exactly. Next. Because, you know, with a lot of the names, if they have the the big guarantees – the show needs them to move along quick as well because they have to make X amount of money. Exactly. Uh, so the show doesn't have to for, uh, throw any money out there. And, and it just turns into that. I mean, part of what changed, of course, is cell phones and social media because you could have the guests always hanging in the bar or you'd have room parties. Like I was lucky enough to know Sid Haig really well. We did a lot of touring together for the conventions. And he had some great room parties. 
like all the guests would hang out and friends and people in there. But that was prior to cell phone videos where you had to worry about everybody taking pictures and videos of, you know, weird shit that may happen in there. You know, I may end up naked at some point. Um, it's yeah, I, I can and, imagine uh, what Sid Haig's room parties yeah, would have looked yeah. like. Oh, yeah. it was it was great. He was kind of the godfather for everybody. Um, he was an amazing person. Yeah. I actually got to meet yeah. him once. So, yeah, he was super great. I was, I'm lucky that you know he was a, a good friend of mine for years, and I actually got to play his son in his last movie. Uh, oh wow, Han- Hanukkah, and uh, you know it was actually his last movie and Dick Miller. So it's a movie with two kind of oh. iconic character actors. Um, so, I mean, it, it's... And Sid was a good one that he never raised his prices. He was always 20 for his item, 10 for your item, free pictures at the table. And it, when everybody else started raising prices and he would get pressured about it, because that happens, he stayed the same because he knew you may not make as much on one item, but you're going to get repeaters. People will keep coming back show after show yep. if... But if you charge $100, you're probably going to do that once. And then that's it. You're going to get the money once. People don't realize until it's too late a lot of the time that that's your your money coming in there. And if you you scare them away, you don't get paid anymore. So treat them. And it it happens. I know I've seen the cons that just happened the last couple weeks. People were posting prices and like, man, they've gone up. And I get it. People are trying to recoup what they missed during conventions, but, you know, it, it kind of, it's tough. It's tough. And say what you will about the prices, but at least be a decent human being. I'm not going to name names, but there are times as a fan, I've gone to somebody's table and they quote a price that's different from what's on their sign and they won't do this, they won't do that. And yeah. I'm I'm not going to go back to the, see that person again. No. Yeah. And that's the thing that happens, and they don't understand. They're not thinking long-term. Right. Because um, it used to be, you know, maybe Starfest was still that way, because I know that's, I keep mentioning that's right. the show we met at, where people, the guests would hang at the bar or, or stuff like that. But that, I don't think that happens much anymore. Yeah, um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure yet. I actually had a memory pop up on uh, Facebook of, like, 2 a.m. drunken party with me and Richard Elfman. Oh wow! And it's like, yeah, that that's fun, but that yeah. that's uh, rare. That's really yeah. rare. I would I would guess I would guess Richard's still partying like that. Oh yeah, he, <laughs> I think he, I, don't think he's, I think it he's still happens. It's it's at the smaller shows, some of the insiders' professional conferences. It's not at the big comic cons or anything, right? Yeah, yeah, and that, those are just too big to do that anyway. But um, I I I just. I'm looking forward to getting back to shows because I haven't done a convention in a few years. Um, and we're doing one in September, Sarah and I, in Colorado. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it yet, but uh, uh, so we'll be back in Colorado. I don't think you're allowed to say it, but uh, how can I uh, say this tastefully? I, I know people that are involved in that. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> so... Um, so it'll be fun getting back there. You oh, know? absolutely. That'll be um, good. Yeah. No, that's, and, uh, that's good. And just to see people. And we always like the Colorado people, you know. We yeah, are the, the best gem- people. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's Colorado, Midwest. It's There's just a different way of being. Like, if we do any shows around here, everybody's so jaded. Like, because I don't care about that person. I, I see Brad Cooper when I go to the grocery store. Right. 
uh, you know, so you never really get that out here is, is the excitement. Because we're from the Midwest, so we know excitement and that you plan all year for this moment, this thing, because there's not much. In Minnesota, nothing's going on year-round. So you're waiting for that one thing a year you get to have, and you appreciate it more. Exactly. So what fun and exciting new things do you have in the, in the pipeline that you can talk about? Well, I'm getting ready to be a grandpa for the second time. Congratulations. My my daughter, thank you. My daughter, Megan, um, has uh, a son named Elijah, and she's now going to have another child, so that's cool, which makes Frenchie a grandma. So make sure you mention that when you have her on. What's it like being a grandma? (laughs) We will introduce her as granny, no problem. Um, that for us, that's exciting. Again, the you know the movie's coming out. Pretty boy, the Space Hunters. We're excited about. Um, you know, we're gearing up to do like the the Giallo thing, which will be really cool. Um, and obviously, I mean, I guess I can talk because it's public. The George Romero movie, The Twilight of the Dead, news broke I think last year about that. That when uh, George passed away, he was writing his final Dead movie, the one that was going to wrap everything up called Twilight of the Dead. Um, and then he passed away. So his wife and his co-writer on the treatment um, hired me and my friend Rob and then Paulo, who wrote the treatment with George, to finish that screenplay. So that currently is being shopped around. We have a good producer and looks like um, hopefully we'll be moving forward on that soon. That's exciting. Uh, yeah, that, when that's I heard exciting. about that, I about passed out. I was like, it's so cool that you got to do that. because. It was really crazy because, like, I had to talk to to George's wife, Suzanne, and Paulo had spent time in Florida with George when they wrote the treatment. So I got to see hours of video of them in the pool talking about the story and coming up with things and um, and then jump into the screenplay, which he had started writing and, you know, sit there and go, oh, shit, I'm really one of the people that's got to finish this. And. And it's weird because George did a lot of rewrites on his scripts. They would go through, you know, 18 drafts to get where he was happy. And we didn't have that. So we had to foresee, you know, kind of where he would have taken things, um, Mm -hmm. knowing that things were going to shift and change. But I'm super proud of that movie. It's dark. It's the most bleak of all of the, the, the dead movies. And it's really how he wanted to end everything. This was his end in mind for the saga. So that's good. Whenever that goes forward, that's going to be awesome. Do you happen to know if that ties in at all with the book that he was working on that Daniel Krauss finished? Nope, nope. Completely different? This this, is completely different. This is, in terms of anything he was working on, this is the last thing. This would come after anything else he was working on. This was the definitive end to the saga. So, um I've not read that book, but I know from the the guy who wrote the treatment, Paolo, with George, um, that it was a separate entity for sure. Um, but it's been, I mean, that's been a weird one is just to, like, who doesn't love George Romero? You know, who doesn't? Yeah, that, that must have been surreal. Thought. It was, watching the videos and then going, okay, fuck. Um, knowing that if we do it right and we do it justice, he's going to get the credit, and he should. Mm-hmm. But if we fuck anything up, it's all on us. It's all on us. And no um, pressure. It's just the biggest horror chain in history. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> it just it created zombies. And, and uh, um, so that I'm excited about. And uh, fuck, what else? 
I mean, we've always got so many things in the pipeline. I, like I said, the space adventure excites me because people get to see Sarah play badass. She's multiple fight scenes. She's an ass kicker in it. Um, so that's going to be super cool. Um, you know, fuck what else? I've got a few other movies that have been made, but, um, I have a Christmas movie, uh, Christmas slasher that I wrote. It was a, it was a work for hire. So I wrote the draft, sent it off. They shot it in the UK over Christmas. Um, so I'm excited about that to see how that's going to be out. It's a nut. It's a horror version of the nutcracker. Oh, that sounds Um, like fun. I like it. So, um, I'm stoked about that, I guess. And, uh, no books on the horizon. Like I haven't. Wow. I mean, the last thing I did write was the book with Adam Green, the I Survivor, the Victor Crowley book. Which the um, next time and, I see you, I'm going to bring to have you autograph because yeah. I've got it autographed by Adam. So awesome! I'm super proud of that. Um, you know, when Adam brought me in, because I'm I have a you know somewhere here a Victor Crowley tattoo. <laughs> so um, and I've known Adam a long time. So when he brought me in and, and showed me some of the scenes and said we're actually going to write the book that's the plot point in the movie. Um, I thought, wow, what a tie-in. You know, to write the whole autobiography for a fake character. Um, well, also, if you've, if you've read the book, there's little things in there that'll let you know where the next one's going. Right. You may not realize now, but when you see the next one, you'll go, oh, shit, that's what was going on. And I'm, I'm proud of... Uh, we split the chapters. We each wrote, you know, I think, six chapters each. And I think it's pretty seamless. You can't tell who wrote which. Like, we really kind of connected well. Because Adam, if you've ever talked to Adam, he talks like B. Oh, yeah, He's, Adam. I've, takes I, a breath every 12 minutes. I, I forced him to sit down and have a beer with me one day. Okay. And, yeah, amazing guy. He's awesome. He's one of the hardest working guys out here. Um, so, you know, for me, the geek out portion is, in the book, there's a chapter that shows the kills and uh, hatchet three that you don't see you just see the reveal of the bodies right that was one of the chapters i had i got to write i was lucky enough to write so to write victor crowley kills for me was super awesome <laughs> like it was just a kid in the candy store type type thing but you know the thing is with that book is i'd warn adam when we did it that just so you know books don't sell like they used to so um and we did well with the hardcover the hardcover sold out and then the paperback did okay, and I think his audio book did okay, because he did the audio book as well. Wow, I didn't see uh, that. And, that's, and uh, that's the other thing. The book market's gotten, it's not gone away, but it's gotten really weird. It's all audiobooks and ebooks now. It's tough, because I still, like, want to hold a book. Exactly. I agree. I like, don't do ebooks. No, I want, I, I I want my book it. on dead trees. Yeah, 100%. I want it, like, people make fun of me because, like, I don't use a bookmark. I fold pages. Oh. I don't wash my hands. Oh. I like smears. But that's what I want. I want my book to, when I read a book, to feel like it's I've somebody's experienced it. I don't want it pristine. I want it dirty. When I did book signings, my favorite thing is when people brought up books that had shit smeared on them. Sometimes <laughs> probably really legitimately shit. If, you know, I had some pretty weird fans. But, like, I, it feels like, okay, you read it. Because with Victor Crowley, I, I told Adam, just so you know, I would say 90% of the people that buy this, it's a collector's item. They're going to put it on their shelf. They're never going to read it. And uh, and that's, in one way, it's cool, though, that they want it for that. But mm-hmm. you write a book, you want it to be read. Yep. You know? I'm, I'm right down the middle because I'm keeping the book pristine, but I'm still going to read it. I'm just not yeah. going to fold over the pages and wipe my ass with it. Yeah, it depends. If it's yeah. an autographed book or something collectible, I'll buy the alternative version of it to read and... I do that too. Some yeah. on, on some books, 
the the ones that are leather bound and limited to only 26 yeah. copies yeah i'm gonna buy a paperback that i can read and that one i'm gonna put sure. on the shelf yep. but i'm still gonna and, read and the I damn would, thing <laughs> i would do the exact same thing um but for me it's i like it feeling lived in uh, yeah, yeah it's, it, get it. my books don't look particularly lived in but they're they're still much loved so that's the important thing yeah awesome and I, and I love like I loved writing fiction and uh, I mean I was you know really super gory pervy stuff so my market was limited from the get-go um, but I enjoyed that time and and I just saw convention appearances this the sales going down year after year um, and then you know we kind of got into the the screenplay stuff and I mean, I did write a couple books with Sarah, a couple paranormal books that are um, written more, though, as a conversation between us. So it's really like listening to us talk. So they're kind of more joking here and there. Um, we did one on Salem and one on Waverly Hills. Um, I always go into everything more as a skeptic. She goes in Good more for you. everything. And, uh, <laughs> but there's things that happen that you go, I, I can't, I've tried explaining it, I can't. But to go, oh, look, it, there's a shadow there. That's a shadow person. No bullshit. It's a shadow. We can figure this out. <laughs> this sounds Stanley like the talk we were just talking yeah. about. The Stanley Hotel especially. I, I think we were in room 405 or something at the Stanley Hotel. The one with the – used to be the maid's quarters that the, the door opens in the closet. 401. But the, yep. Yeah, 401, whatever. But it's, it's opposite the old elevator. So anything wiggles, it can – make the door open it's an old door I, it doesn't latch properly. i'm glad you discovered that because i have had uh i've had many experiences in that room exactly for that reason uh we yeah. actually discovered that the uh kind of along that same wall there's a dresser mm-hmm. yeah, if you just let the room sit for a few days that dresser will wander out into the room because it mm-hmm. vibrates so much yeah it's i yeah. mean don't get me wrong it's a great hotel but yeah, you got to really be careful with the ghost stories. Yeah, a hundred. You know, it's when we did Salem, we went to a, a haunted hotel there, which I'm uh, the Hawthorne. And uh, when you go in October now, there's a whole other floor that's haunted. Oh yeah, because you know they're they're upgrading and and I love the Stanley for the history. I go into everything for the history, the beauty, that kind of stuff. But to me, it was like it took about five minutes to realize that's why the door is opening. Yep, mm-hmm. um, it's an old door; it doesn't latch. Um, our interesting experience from that night is we had a night vision camera set up on the nightstand just to record the door and everything at night. And I don't sleep very well. I don't sleep, you know, and I, with my back issues, I get up and move. I also sleep naked sometimes. So without realizing it, I got up in the night and I would stretch and I would drink glass from the, the nightstand, forgetting that the camera was just right at the perfect. So it's just a close up of my my uh, lower abdominal area. So now we can have some cock talk because you were expecting cock talk. <laughs> um, uh, so that's peppered throughout as we're going through it. Oh, guess that's a close up of my my dick. Great. Great. You know, haunted indeed. Right. One thing that I would recommend. I'm going to promote some of my own stuff here. If you go over yeah. to the Rocky Mountain Paranormal website, there is a downloadable PDF of our investigation of the Stanley and all the okay. history. I think you okay. probably really really dig that because it's got uh i'll say the history that you don't hear when you're up there okay because Great. there's a yeah, lot I'd of love to there. check that out it's, yeah there's there's some stuff that they very intentionally don't they tell change, you on the ghost yeah. tour okay so yeah, yeah it's a beautiful hotel 
did not feel haunted in any way. No, it's great. Nothing. It's a great. And place I, lo- to stay. I even love the ghost stories though. about it. Yeah. I don't yeah. have to believe in it to enjoy the ghost story. Exactly. And the Stephen King thing is, is big for me. Well, and Dumb and Dumber. Oh, he stayed there one night and had yeah. a bad dream. That's, yeah. And and then turned that into a multi-million dollar franchise. Well, exactly. <laughs> that's that's the part that you're leaving out. Yeah, he didn't like that movie yeah. all the way to the bank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing too is that's like our director of Blind, Marcel. He had a dream, and we turned that into a, a multi-dozen dollar franchise. Exactly. And been, you know, it's been it's been fantastic. Well, and you know, I will say, ever since I saw that movie, I have been out promoting it because I was just blown awesome. away Thank by you. it. It's 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 an amazing film. Yeah, and I just watched it Thank yesterday, you. but I'm going to be out there promoting it. Yeah, it's okay. Awesome. I, I appreciate it. It's a weird movie. It's different. We when writing it, I just tried doing the opposite of everything you'd expect. You know, instead of there being the huge chase at the end, maybe we'll have a, a fireside chat, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, just. Because when you make a movie at that budget, you can you just do what you want again. Let's just do something weird and unique. And I'm super proud of it. Like everybody, just did such a great job. And um, and it has what we all know and love about horror, without yeah. being exactly the same as every other horror movie that we've seen. Yeah, yeah. And it and it is. It feels different. Um, you know, and we tried to a certain extent being a little more realistic with it at, at the end of the day it's a blind girl you know mm-hmm. we can't have the chase through the house it's not necessarily going to work um, yeah if, if you did standpoint. it would turn into a comedy in ways yeah. that just wouldn't have worked for the movie and and we really wanted in the the blind group scene um one of the actors in that uh kevin who plays caroline's husband he's actually blind in real life he lost his vision three years prior to that so like Sarah and Marcel and them spent the the time with him to get to know how he moves through his apartment, how he moves through his house, how he goes outside. Um, and it was, we really wanted to be, you know, to, to take it in a way that we weren't making fun of the blind because it would be horrible. Oh. And which is where it came from. If as somebody who loves horror and cinema and, and film to lose that vision, man, that's, that's tough. That would be terrible. That's tough. It would be Proof. So we made it as worse as possible. So I, I appreciate the love. We are hoping Pretty Boy brings a bigger audience back to Blind, because um, we 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 think it deserves it. Um, you know, and we get some shit for we promoted the fuck out of that movie online. Like, and you have to. That's the thing now with distro, especially indie distro. You have to do all the promotions. They're yep. not going to do very much for you. But people get irritated with seeing it. But you know. We kind of took it like, well, who the fuck cares, and just skip it. But we're proud of it. We want to push it. We're we want to see it hit an audience, and um, especially for Sarah, man. I mean, if you've seen Strip Club Slasher to now, it's a whole different person. I've watched the whole uh, the whole of evolution there and of Sarah, it's... and she's got. She'll talk to you about it. She's got other great movies. The special you can find on like Hulu and stuff, and um, she's she's really good in that um she's an example of she works hard absolutely you know and, and so many people out here don't do that they wait for something to come right. and then wonder why they're not working but you got to be out there oh, and you and coming from where we come same as colorado i'm sure you have a work ethic so you show up on time you show up prepared you're non-dramatic people out here don't understand that 
that's what sinks most people is they're late they're dramatic they're not prepared which should be the minimum um yeah that's that's what i just assume as being a decent human being yeah but that's it the, doesn't that's, happen that's that's not a that's not something you advertise that's baseline exactly yeah, it it should be it should um, be yeah and it is uh, for like me. for her she's frenchie's she's nice she's a sweet girl she's moderately attractive so that helps too um <laughs> You know, <laughs> can you believe I, we've been together like twelve years? Yeah, that's that's amazing. That's crazy. That's crazy. I put up with her that long. Right? <laughs> 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 <Yeah>, someday. <laughs> but well, I guess we're hitting the top of the hour, so yes. uh, that went quick. All, all things yeah. being said, uh, looking forward to seeing you. Uh, in the near future. Yeah, maybe September somewhere. Exactly. Yeah, I, <laughs> I will be there. Um, awesome. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll call it done here, and I'll uh, be putting this out in a, a little bit of time. So that was our interview with Joe Netter. Uh, amazing guy. Uh, we'll be in the Denver area soon. More details to follow. Uh but uh, don't forget to tune in next, next time for our amazing guest, whoever that may be. We have a, a few in the works. And uh, if you have any questions or anything, you can reach us. Uh, probably the easiest way is help at RockyMountainParanormal.com, which is a good way to promote the other website, RockyMountainParanormal.com, which is our main paranormal investigation site. We also, um, and by we, I mean me, uh, have another podcast out there called They Did It. And uh, the best way to find that, hop over to Facebook and look for the They Did It podcast. And there we investigate every kind of bizarre conspiracy that you can imagine, so we have a lot of fun there. And now I will pass it over to Bob so he can give you a little information about some stuff that he's got. Yeah, we also, and in this case we, I mean me, have a YouTube channel which you can find on the internet at www.phobophile.com, as in phobia and philia, with a PH. You can also find, if you're interested in magic, you can find me under the name Bob Lewis Magic. I perform in and around Denver and the Colorado area. So I think that's it. That's it, and... Uh... We will see everybody on that uh, next amazing thing that we do. Take care. <laughs>